You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Furfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello once again. We're back. We're back and better than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's a new of. year, 2017. Oh my gosh, it's been that long. It has been that long. Wow. Well, did you have a good holiday? I did. Oh my gosh. And here we are. Seriously? It's like spring almost, right? Does that, does that mean we're old? I was thinking, time goes by so quickly. It goes quicker right. as you get older. Remember when you're little and you're like, my birthday will never come. Uh-huh. And it doesn't. And no, I mean, I, it's years and years and years until it comes. And now, I mean, I almost blink and my birthday's back again. <laughs> no, I wish sad. my birthday would never come. Um, no, but it beats the alternative, as they say, right? It does. Yes. Yes. But uh, anyway, yes. And as we sit here and enjoy the 70-degree weather in the middle of winter, um, I know it's not like that all over the country, all over the world, but um, it's a little weird, but uh, it's good to be back with you. It's, r- it's great to be back. busy. Uh, yeah, you know, as usual. Oh, I mean, we're both kind of busy, aren't mm-hmm. we? Yes. But but he- here's here's what I'm busy about and it's we're in the state of georgia mm-hmm. and um we wanted to focus this podcast um, to talk about puppies and puppy mills right yes? there's a lot of stuff going on a because lot of there is there is a lot of stuff and um so bear with us we've got we've also got somebody who knows a lot about puppy mills and the whole puppy mill industry who's fighting against mm-hmm. it mark abraham mark the vet from the uk is going to be joining us on the phone later and uh, for the record if you follow him on twitter he's very handsome he's very handsome mm-hmm. um i i met him doing it's Me or the Dog a long time ago. He was mm-hmm. our vet on It's Me or the Dog and uh, appeared on a couple of episodes. So he is fascinating to listen to. So I encourage you mm-hmm. to stay on and listen to his interview. I always learn a lot when I talk to him. Yeah, he he, he really is. And he's the guy that's that's lobbying and trying to get things mm. changed. So It's like a one-man show. He is. Um, so anyway, we're talking about... HB 144. Which is a bill in front of the Georgia legislature? Yes, right now. Mm-hmm. It looks actually, you know, when you first read it, you go, oh, what's wrong with this? This There's nothing wrong well, with this. We have to remember that's oftentimes what many politicians do. They want to make it as easy and simple to push their agenda across. So yeah, you have to read and carefully and research. So basically... Uh, this morning, actually, the morning that we're recording this podcast, the Georgia, the House Agriculture and Consumer Affairs Committee decided uh, whether or not to pass along House Bill 144, which they did. They decided they would pass it along, so it's going to go to the sen- Senate. Currently, many of the committee members plan to support this bill. What is the bill? Well, um, this is what the bill does, right? It's supposed to be an animal welfare mm-hmm. um, bill, and um, but. If you look, if you really look at it on the surface, it looks like it's an animal protection bill. Mm-hmm. But if you really delve deep into it, what you find actually that this bill is not so much going to protect animals um, because it's going to strip the right of localities to regulate local businesses and manage the pet overpopulation issue. 
It's also going to undermine existing consumer protection laws and deprive consumers of remedies currently available to them. So basically, is it giving it to then to the state instead of giving it to the counties? Yes. Well, here it is. The bill allows USDA licensed breeders and brokers with countless violations of the Animal Welfare Act to sell animals to pet stores in the state of Georgia as long as the dealer is free of a direct violation over the previous two years and a veterinary violation on its most recent inspection report. So most pet stores offering dogs and cats for sale in Georgia have a documented history of obtaining animals from USDA licensed breeders brokers that have been cited for egregious violations that were not cited as direct. And this bill is going to do nothing to prevent them continuing to do so. So let me ask you this. Up to this point, what... Have we operate? Have we been operating under any kind of a law about puppy mills and breeders? Does this make it more lax, or does it add? It actually makes it more lax. I mean, we've got a lot of puppy mills in this state, mm-hmm. and the laws really don't protect them. Um, but this law is this bill is designed to take away even more. I mean, you know, for example, if if like the the Department of Agriculture, okay. Its job is to go in and make sure that these places, um, these puppy mills, mm-hmm. is, uh, puppy mills are legal here in the state of Georgia. Um, and it's the Department of Ag's job to go into these puppy mills and cite them for any kind of violations to make sure that they're running properly, to mm-hmm. make sure that the animals are healthy and they're not sick or diseased and they have everything that they need. But unfortunately, what's happening is that um, there's not enough enforcement. Department of Ag will go in and really, as long as the animals have got food and water, they'll pass all the tests. Even if they are cited for violations and the person maybe complies, maybe doesn't, they still get their license renewed. I mean, it's the most inept, lax, ineffective organization that I, I, I know and should not be should not be going around regulating the puppy mill industry if this is what they do. I mean, Department of Ag's job is to keep an eye on um, not just agriculture, but, you know, cows and pigs and sheep and um, farmers as well as puppy farming. Mm-hmm. So so, um, let, so let me ask you as far as that goes, is it because the Department of Agriculture doesn't have the human resources, the manpower, the financial backing to be able to go do that properly? Or... I, is it more of a case of is there some kind of industry behind it pushing it because of money or a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I do think, you know, I, I do think the people in power aren't the best. I think that needs to change. I also think that they don't have enough money for enforcement. I think that they, they or what is required in law for animals to be kept in or the way that they're treated is very basic. And so these puppy millers are laughing. They're laughing all the way to the bank. And you know who's affected? You are. As the consumer, you are. And uh, and you're getting affected not just if you purchase a sick puppy. You're also getting affected in your pocketbook as well because, you know, it's it's tax dollars, right? It costs a lot to keep these mills running. It costs a lot. And, uh, you know, you're getting affected. So So the main purpose of this bill is to take away control from local governments doing so ensure that pet stores that sell puppy mill puppies can continue to do so without any interference from local governments that's that's terrifying now the reason why um this bill is called the petland bill Mm. petland is the primary backer of this bill and it's using this bill to legitimize its own business model which the public no longer supports petland numerous violations Mm -hmm. dreadful petland is an outlet 
in its own industry. The largest and most successful pet store chains like Petco, PetSmart, they don't sell commercially raised puppies. In fact, top 25 pet retailers in the country, only one, Petland, sells puppies. But rather than convert to a more humane business model like PetSmart and, and Petco have done, Petland is seeking protection from state legislators. Is there? I've so, never even heard of Petland. Yeah, uh, it's it? it's pet though. I saw one in New York. There's one in Kennesaw. Petland is everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're selling puppies everywhere. Petland is also willfully violating a court order to continue selling commercially raised puppies in Sarasota, Florida. And this company is openly defying the law, and it should not be granted favors by the legislature. So basically, this bill is being supported by you know is being desired and supported by pet. Petland. So then I guess as consumers, what are what is our recourse as far as, you know, personally, obviously, the legislature passed the bill um, there. It sounds like there's big money and industry behind it. So as consumers, what do you suggest that we do? Well, the bill has gone to the Senate, so okay. it has to go to the Senate first. And then if it passes the, the Senate, Senate, it's got to go state Senate and then it's got to go to the governor. So we need to stop it. And we need to stop it. And the only way to do that is you've got to write to your legislator. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to um, say that you oppose the HB 144. Tell them of your concerns. Tell them that it's going to be do great damage to the pet overpopulation problem in Georgia. Not only that, it's going to be, you know, it's going to give these commercial breeders like Petland just carte blanche to sell as many puppies without recourse from local governments, from local, you know, it's going to take the power away. And animal controls and things are very, you know, very worried about this. Because not only is it going to put more animals on the streets, but um, it means that they can't do much about it. So if you do, please keep an eye. Um, talk to your local legislator. Make your voice heard. We need to keep the pressure up of what's going. And we cannot let um, these stores that they make their money from the abuse and neglect of millions of not the puppies so much because the puppies, you know, they get they mm-hmm. get taken and hopefully they get a, they get sold and, and go to new homes but it's the the mums and dads that are kept in terrible conditions we need and, to strongly oppose this bill and then i guess too just as far as you know be educated to know that you know if to know you know if you are looking for um, a breeder for a specific puppy um, to make sure that you check out the breeder's facility make sure it's a legitimate breeder what do you look for so if you say okay well i don't want to support that i don't want to support the middleman i don't want to because i can't see what the breeder is then but i do want a dog because my my child is allergic and i need a very specific breed what do you suggest you don't go to a pet store and you also don't buy from a dodgy internet site you don't buy from a flea market or any kind of market you don't meet somebody in a parking lot um you, you know you don't what you do is you do your research there are some good Good breeders mm-hmm. um, and that do have good uh, puppies, and they um, the puppy you you got to go to the breeder's house. You got to see puppy with their mom. You got to get all the health certificates. You there's a number of checklists that you you know the, like, the health checks that you need to have. Look at um, the environment. Make look sure at the it's environment clean exactly. So have, there's a number of things yeah. you can do. But then again, you know we encourage people to shop. <laughs> I mean, sorry, adopt, not, not shop. shop. And right. um, and so you know. If you can get a puppy that way, there's so many puppies in rescue. Uh, but if you're more interested in this, in the whole puppy mill industry, not just stuff in Georgia, there is an amazing new documentary out mm-hmm. called Dog by Dog. And it exposes the links um, with legislation of dogs and the agricultural industry. Mm-hmm. It, it follows the money trail hmm. from, from puppy mills mm-hmm. to the agricultural industry. Because any legislation affecting dogs 
or the sale of dogs will potentially affect, you know, they think the sale of cows and pigs. And mm. so if puppy mills aren't allowed to to carry on, then, well, what's going to happen to our cows and what's going to happen to the pigs? So the agricultural, the big guys, you know, the big, where you buy your meat from, mm-hmm. you know, Smithfields, that are the big guys are the ones opposing any kind of legislation that stops puppy mills. Dog by Dog documentary is available. If you go to dogbydogdocumentary.com, um, it's available now on Amazon, uh, on YouTube. You can, um, on demand, go, it's, it's everywhere. Direct TV, iTunes, Dish, you can, you can download it and, um, you can see it. So I, I really encourage you to watch Dog by Dog documentary. That's great. I mean, because you know what? The best consumer is the most informed consumer. And so, you know, and and the, I think you make a really good point that um, no matter what, you know, if you were to get a, a puppy that's sick, it's ultimately going to cost you because think about the vet bills and, you know, you're going to have and if you have a, a sick animal for its whole life or it's got bad back or, you know, knees, things like that. It's constantly, you know, the, the health care for that animal could be quite costly. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's going to affect you. Um, the other thing that I would say, I mean, we're, we're keeping on puppy mills. There's, there's also another documentary which I'm involved with called, that we're making at the moment, called A Voice for Little Olive. Little she's Olive so was a, cute. oh, my God. She's she's now sadly no longer with us, but um, her the, this film has been carried on in her memory, mm-hmm. and she's an Italian greyhound that was spent most of her life in a puppy mill as a breeding bitch. She A bad her, puppy mill, a yeah. bad, bad one. And um, Pam is her, her mom, um, was her mom, but um, it's, it's a wonderful group out of Colorado that doing this and uh, I went to Amish country I think we talked mm-hmm. about that last year I went to Amish country and uh, because of course a lot of the Amish have puppy mills mm-hmm. and we went to go rescue some of these uh, dogs that needed it most I wish I could have taken them all but mm-hmm. we need to have money mm-hmm. to carry on and um, we need to have more funding we need mm-hmm. um, to be able to finish this film so please 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 if you're listening to this please support Little Olive uh, you can go and you can find out more information by going to a voice for lilolive.com that's a voice for lil as in l-i-l-o-l-i-v-e lilolive.com and or you go to sitstayspeakout.org you can donate and help us make our film i can't wait to see that yeah great and uh so i think you know after all of this i think it's time to get Mark on the phone, don't yeah, you? Yeah, because I know he's got a lot more to say, and it'll be interesting to see what we're doing on the other side of the ponds, as they say, uh, over there with uh, puppy mill legislation and puppy mill, the puppy mill scene. Let's get him on the phone. The Positively Hotline is ringing. We don't know what we're going to do. We have no plan. We're just here. Who's calling in this week? He went after her like she's made out of ham. That is interesting. That's exciting. Um, is somebody going to answer that? Hello? Hotline ringing. You're on your phone, and I don't think you're taking any of this seriously. It's a phone! Ladies and gentlemen, let's go! Hit it! On the phone, as promised, we have Mark Abraham, a.k.a. Mark the Vet. Mark, welcome. Hey, Victoria the Holly. How are you doing? Hello. We're so Hello. good. How how are things going? Tell us. Um, I mean, I've been talking to on the show a little bit about what's going on over here regarding puppy mills. Can you give us the latest update of what's going on in the UK? I can. The reason for the sort of the fed up size is because it's all a bit sad, really. I mean, it was sad before, but it's a bit sadder now um, for many reasons. Um, we, the, the problems with puppy mills here are very, very similar to the problems with puppy mills in the U.S. Um, basically, they're enabled 
because of what we call the third um, the third party sale of puppies. And when I say third party sale of puppies, I mean puppies sold away from their mums. So we're talking pet stores, mm. we're talking sort of garden centres, we're talking um, puppies delivered occasionally uh, to the owners, we're talking puppies uh, that are sold in, in car parks, um, it, it, anywhere away from the actual place they were bred, i.e. the breeder, okay? So we have a situation, same as yours, where puppies are transported hundreds, sometimes uh, more than hundreds of miles across the country, maybe across certain countries, okay? Now, this system of selling puppies, breeding and selling puppies, is legal, totally legal. So the, the, the way that puppies are bred in these sort of battery farms, these puppy mills, uh, with very, very poor welfare standards, often in the dark, often with no socialization or toys or decent food or decent water or disease uh, prevention, uh, puppies are removed from their mums and taken away and transported to places, again, with little, um, little sort of thought for their socialization, for their behavioral needs. As you both well know, the 16-week period is the golden period. It, it, it gives the puppy the template it needs to cope with everything or almost everything life throws at it. So within this sort of uh, seven, eight, maybe nine, ten-week period, the puppy is un enduring a lot of stress. It's got weak immune system anyway. Uh, it's, it's being transported. It's, it's getting disease passed to and from it by other puppies batched up with it. And, of course, it gets to its final destination, uh, and it's stuck in a glass box or a cage set up by the public who, who will usually impulse buy because they haven't done their research they don't know the correct, correct way to buy a puppy which is to always see it interacting with its mum or to preferably go to a rescue shelter and they'll buy the pup because they'll be offered a discount and the, the, the puppy will be put in the child's arms mm. um, to encourage that sort of quick purchase so the issue that we have or one of the main issues that we have and, and this is a lot of it's down to public education is the fact that puppy farming we know it's bad we hear it all the time Puppy farming is bad, but it is actually legal, um, and it happens behind closed doors because it's enabled to, it's allowed to, by the way they are sold at the other end. So we have a chain. And of course, there's nothing about this chain that can ever improve the welfare of the puppy, of its mother, and of the, the, the excited new owners, which are usually uh, young families, um, because what they're going to receive is a ticking time bomb of behavioural problems, medical problems, surgical problems. If it even lives that long, often they die within 24 hours of, of mm. a virus. And, and, but the problems that we have is, of course, if this, is, there's a problem with this puppy and it dies, they go to the pet shop and they say, or the pet store, and they say, hang on a minute, you sold me a, a dying puppy, a diseased puppy. Well, couldn't have got it from us. It's fine when you bought it. You go back to the breeder, if you ever find out who it was, and you say, you sold us a... Oh, no, it must have picked it up at the pet shop. So the problem with the chain is there's no transparency, there's therefore no accountability, and everyone gets away with technically murder. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the puppy uh, new owner is left to pick up the pieces. If the puppy dies, if the puppy lives, it's got a lifetime of behavioral uh, um, therapy. It's got a lifetime of medical therapy, sometimes even surgical therapy to fix it. 
So the, the problem with puppy mills, puppy farms, we call them here, is, is, is that there's problems along the whole chain that sometimes last for the whole lifetime of the animal. It could even put owners off buying another puppy that could actually affect owners' lives the rest of their lives as well. Now, the problem is the third-party sales are legal, the puppy farming is legal. Um, but the only way, it kind of makes sense, the only way to stop puppy farming, or one of the, the major ways of dealing with it, is to cut out the chain. Mm-hmm. So to take away the transportation, it's to take away the taking of the, the pup from the mother too young, it's to take away the, the end stage, which is to, to keep them in a box, to keep them in a cage with... with with no socialization and not even going out for a walk or not even playing toys, putting them on straw, on paper bedding. We need to cultivate a culture where puppies can only be bought direct from the breeder, so they see them interacting with the mum in the breeding conditions, uh, or, of course, from a, a legitimate, um, genuine rescue shelter. So Those are the two options then... We, we, we make a huge dent. It would never, ever solve puppy farming, but it would make the, the biggest dent possible in, in actually accountability, traceability, seeing the pup with its mum, and, of course, uh, encouraging people to rescue as well. And so, like, so Mark, to combat this, so a lot of places there aren't stringent laws, anti-puppy farms, anti-puppy mills, um, and, you know, sometimes people just don't know but if you're somebody who does know who's aware of it what is the best way to combat this i mean obviously don't buy from them put them out of business they don't make money they'll go do something else but what's the best way is it you know getting at getting the word out on social media um what what would you suggest to people to start to put an end to this well there's a few things you can do i mean the problem is it's very easy to, to point the finger at the public for not making the right decision and it's 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 a blame that is very, very common in, in, in many, many articles about puppy farming. Well, you know, it's the public's fault. The public should always ask to see the mum if the mum isn't there, then don't buy. Right. Uh, it's the public's fault for not researching. Okay, so the reason it's the public's fault, in inverted commas, because I, I really don't believe it's the public's fault at all, um, is because it's allowed to happen. Right. Now, when a, when a member of the public walks into a pet shop that sells puppies or pet store, and says in their head, and they go, hang on a minute, a lot of people think it's been banned years ago. A lot of people know it's not right. They, they know it's not right. right. They know the mother should be there, or a lot, of, a lot of people do. However, if the pet store owner says, well, we're fully licensed, we're fully inspected by the local authority, they're regulated, and we only buy our puppies from licensed legal breeders, right? Mm-hmm. How is the member of the public meant to think, oh, hang on a minute, that puppy has been born on a puppy farm even though it's legal and licensed? Um, and, and, and forget all that. When they walk into the pet shop, they don't even care what anyone says because they've clapped eyes on the puppy. The child's nagging them, if there is a child there, obviously. And, and it becomes an impulse purchase. And obviously we have this whole mindset of, hang on a minute, I've got to rescue the puppy from this situation. I'm mm-hmm. saving its life, and of course, that usually means that the, 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 the breeding bitch, hundreds, maybe even thousands of miles away, of course, has to produce another litter. And 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 in a sick way, um, the, the sicker and more diseased and sadder and more depressed and lethargic that puppy appears, 
the more likely it is to be bought. Mm. Because, and we cannot help this nurturing uh, feeling we have as human beings, which is amazing as well. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a great gift we have, is to take uh, a, a vulnerable animal, child, uh, out of a dangerous situation, potentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we cannot blame the public for this, because the puppies are in these situations where the public will see them and immediately want to buy them, stroke, rescue them. So it's really about legislation. So you're saying it's really then legislation and, and, you know, where that you have to make it that a pet store or a middleman or, you know, somebody like that can only buy them from licensed breeders or else they themselves get in trouble because maybe then they wouldn't put themselves in that kind of risky situation that they could be fined or put out of business. Well, not only that. I mean, you're absolutely right. The legislation has changed. But not only that. As soon as you take the chain away, the breeder becomes transparent, and the public—the public are, in my opinion, and many others, the best inspectorates for animal welfare. Mm-hmm. If the public see something they don't like, or are witness to something that, that, that makes them feel uncomfortable, they will do something about it. Tell us what's happening at the moment in in the UK, Mark. Just, just um... so the UK. The UK is very interesting at the moment because I've been campaigning uh, on this issue for, I think, about seven years now. There's a select committee of MPs challenging the government, listening to evidence. You've got um, the RSPCA calling for a ban on third-party sales, the, the committee, the Kennel Club, the Association of Lawyers for Animal Welfare, every small to medium charity pretty much in the UK calling for the same thing, veterinarians, dog behaviourists. But there's three organisations, three organisations that I learnt yesterday, and I kind of knew anyway, but I heard straight from the minister, that were opposing a ban on third-party sales. Hmm. And this is, this is, for me, scandalous. It's shocking. It's disappointing. It's incredibly sad because the government has listened to these organisations and they are refusing to ban third-party sales and the problem can only continue. Which three organisations are these? Um, it's, surprisingly, the Dogs Trust, the Blue Cross, and to some extent Battersea uh, Dogs Home, who are household names. Uh, they're incredibly well respected, they're loved. Um, but uh, it was revealed to me yesterday, and I, I, I kind of knew already, um, that those three organisations have technically sort of obstructed progress. They've, they've blocked any chance of banning puppies from pet shops pet stores um and uh, we're reeling really it was just so sad so, because what hope have the dogs got if these welfare organizations are obstructing any any chance of progress for those of the people in america and the dogs trust and who are they again the dogs trust who else blue Battersea, cross, blue dogs cross. Trust, blue, uh, dogs uh, trust blue cross and, and to some extent, extent Battersea, because it was revealed to me yesterday that they were kind of on the fence but they're certainly not supportive They're very large. Yeah, these are very large organizations, uh, welfare organizations, Dogs Trust being one of the largest, um, you know, and Blue Cross has been around forever. And so that is shocking to hear. What's their reasoning? Why? Why are they not supporting us? So the the three charities in question would say, oh, uh, we don't want this to be a knee-jerk response to ban puppies and pet shops. Now, the Dogs Trust actually suggested it about seven years ago. Um, I mentioned the debate in 2014 for a specific reason, because during the, the build-up for that debate, when 
when the petition was nearly 100,000. The Blue Cross and Battersea invited me into their centres uh, to have a picture to say they supported a ban on puppies in pet shops and pet stores and they, they support my campaign. Interestingly, those web pages seem to have, have disappeared, but the content has been reproduced on other sites. Um, they'll tell you that, uh, oh, you can't ban puppies in pet shops because you'll force the, the industry underground. Now, we know mm. that the industry isn't like guns and drugs where the activity is, is you seek it underground because there's not a, a, a legal supply. So people aren't seeking illegal puppies. And, and, and also, in order to survive as an industry, puppies have to be advertised. You know, you can't have an underground industry that relies so heavily on advertising, whether it's online, everything's traceable, okay? So the underground thing doesn't work. And, it's, and also, saying something just becomes underground means it just becomes illegal which technically means you can't ban anything. I would say uh, another reason that they, they say is, is we need a supply of dogs, okay? We, we have this, this number of puppies that need to be supplied every year. So it's like we estimate or they estimate 800,000, 900,000, a million puppies a year. There's no actual official figures. So they're saying, well, these puppies have to come from somewhere. And if you start banning places that sell them, then people aren't going to get their puppies. So what they're now, saying then, in essence, uh, they're just saying, oh, well, the, so there's no shelters, there's no homeless dogs, because until those homeless oh. dogs are all homed, then they really have nowhere to stand on that They one. don't want to have homeless. They, I mean, they want to have homeless dogs because that keeps their businesses going. One of the theories, for sure. You know what it sounds um, like, Mark? It just, you know, and I think we're seeing this all over the world, and I think we're seeing it um, in most like in in most uh, most places in light of much political uh, drama. Is that you know what people have voices, and people, you know, uh, when they use those voices for good, can be respected and can be heard. And maybe it's just a matter of. You know, petitions, online petitions to, you know, here in the states we do our congressmen, our senators, you know, our public officials, our elected officials. It sounds like there, you know, that's what it needs to happen. It has to be a movement, a groundswell, and that's, you know, going to get that momentum and they will be heard. There's a huge public appetite for change. There's a huge appetite out of the outside of these charities for change. And yet the government has listened to these three. Uh, and now we're, we're almost back to square one, really. It's incredibly sad for the the dogs. You know what, Mark, though, but uh, I have to say, for people like you who continue the fight, who do podcasts like this, who get on radio, who spread that message and let people know, because if it's just one person hears this and says, you know what, I'm I'm going to do something about it. And, I mean, this is, you know, the way of the world now. And then maybe they tell a couple of people and then they tell five people and then they post it on social media. And that's, you know, at this point, it, it looks like a long, long road. But I think that as long as we're driving on it, you know, I, I applaud you. I commend you and everybody and your compatriots there. For, for going down that road and taking on this massive task because we have we have a lot of respect for you and we appreciate you and thank you for doing what you're doing. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. This You know, you've been a mine of information and um, good luck in the fight. No worries, guys. Thanks for inviting me on and uh, I look forward to seeing you both soon. Wow, he's a wealth of information. He has a knowledge, a fountain of knowledge. Can you believe that, though? Can you believe it? I mean, it's, it's stunning, isn't it? It's, you know, I think um, nowadays, and I think it rings true for everybody, knowledge is power, 
right? And it's good to hear what he has to say. It's good to see these documentaries that we talked about earlier in the show. And it's good to um, just inform yourself to know what to do, what not to do, what works, what doesn't work, and what's going to make an impact. And, you know, sometimes I think we feel overwhelmed and think, well, I'm just one voice and I'm just one small person. But one person can make a huge difference. One person can make a huge difference in one dog's life. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about that, you know. They isn't there. There's some saying, and it's um, you know, they might be your, you know, you you might be their, you might be they might be your one pet, but you're their whole world, mm-hmm. or you know, something mm-hmm. like that. It's just so true, and it makes sense. But you know, also too, and you know, one person says, "Well, I'm just one," but someone else says, "Someone, I'm one." And when you add it up, the next thing you know, you've got millions of people who are being heard. Well. Uh, yeah, I think this has been a great um, podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. A uh, few upcoming events. Guardians of the Night. Don't forget, Guardians oh. of the Night. The first episode is airing February the 21st. And I can so say. So excited. I can say this. I've seen <laughs> some of it. I've witnessed some of it in person. And, oh, my God, it's bad to the bone. Like, I cannot yeah. wait. And here's the thing. Like, I know I've become a, I've become that binger. I've become that television binger where I'm like, I'm going to record all these. I'm going to record everything on my DVR. I'm going to sit down and watch them all at once. Like, I am one of those that I need to. And so when I get into a show and I'm like, I have to wait a week. Like, yeah, I, you do. I am it's so gonna spoiled be a week and per, entitled. I know. I know. I know. But It'll be worth I know. It. It's, it's shit hot, <laughs> as we say. Um, all right. So that's. And then now, Zad, uh, we're going to be talking about Nazad in the next episode mm-hmm. but we have a wonderful man called Penn Farthing who's going to come and talk about his work in Afghanistan mm-hmm. with the first rescue shelter and helping female veterinarians in Afghanistan and helping soldiers bring their dogs back and um, really amazing and he and I are doing an event in Decatur at K9 PhD on February the 25th Saturday February the 25th here in Georgia so if you want to come and hear Penn Farthing from Nazad talk about that please do go um, uh, on to my Facebook page you'll find out more information where you can get tickets and uh, please do come on the february 25th we've got some drinks we've got nibbles we're gonna have a fun time i'll be there and then of course we're gonna be talking about crufts again because it's crufts time coming soon so yes well we got a lot to talk about a lot going on so uh, let's take a breath give everyone a break and we'll be back next time thanks for tuning in to victoria stillwell's positively podcast For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. This season of the Positively Podcast is brought to you by Adaptil. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. Go to Adaptil.com to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives. Positively. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.